Welcome to Moms Without Resumes, where ordinary moms can have a voice. We are two moms, and we haven't written a book, started a charity, or created a product that's gone viral. Or a product that's gone anywhere. Yeah, we haven't even created a product. We haven't created a 10-step program on how to get a resume. We don't have a blog. We aren't on a board. We're being asked to speak. We aren't experts, and we don't have anything to sell you. But when you feel discouraged and frustrated because your home or life doesn't fit on a nice, shiny Instagram photo, if you don't have a resume, then come hang out with us. This is the place for you. Welcome to our show. Today, Laura and I are sharing from our lives. We hope that this show encourages you in your ordinariness. Just as a reminder to our listeners, we like to start off our show by introducing ourselves with something normal and ordinary we are doing. So often, the normal things get brushed over because they are so ordinary, but really, we need those normal things because they root us and ground us. They are kind of like the fountain we build upon to get to the more exciting things in our lives. The cool, exciting things often get all the attention. But if it wasn't for the ordinary things, the big things would likely never happen. Yes, we want to celebrate the ordinary and encourage others that it's okay if you aren't doing big things in your life, like creating a business, starting a charity, writing a book, creating an Instagram following. The list of big things can just go on and on. And can be a little discouraging for those of us who are living ordinary lives. But there's nothing wrong with ordinary, so let's celebrate it. Will you start us? Okay, yes, I'm Laura, and today I made breakfast for my kids. Oh, nice. What did you make? I made scrambled eggs with ham. So, wow, not very exciting. With, with ham. That's, but that's like, I've made scrambled eggs, but not yeah. with ham. Oh, really? So. I always put meat in my scrambled eggs because oh. I feel like they won't eat it otherwise. But, oh, nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I used to always put cheese in my scrambled eggs, mm. but I've kind of stopped. I guess yeah. I've gotten a little lazy. Yeah. Mm. But if your kids eat it, then that's okay. <laughs> I'm Casey, and I took my daughter to gymnastics today. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. The, the, sorry, go ahead. She's been loving gymnastics. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. It's part of mom life. Yep. Carrying the kids around. I hear when they learn to drive, it's pretty nice. Yes, well, I didn't actually pick her up from gymnastics. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you got her there. I only took her. Nice. <laughs> and then my dad, Grace, and my mom, actually, I don't know if it was my dad. Or my mom. Or my dad and my mom. But they picked her up. <laughs> well, so long as you got her there. That's, yes, that's all that matters. Okay. Well, since it's just the two of us, I thought we could ask each other a question to help our listeners get to know us a little better. Okay. Sounds good. So, Laura, do you have any special heirlooms? I do, actually. And when we were talking about what questions to ask, I was like, oh, she can't ask me that question because I don't have any. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, I do. I have one. And so I was excited because I was like, yes, I have one. So uh, I have a secretary desk that was my great-grandma's, got passed to my grandma, and um, then got passed to me, basically. She passed away, and it sat in storage no, 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 it got passed to my mom, sorry, for just a short time, and I really wanted it, so she finally gave it to me, and I do math with my boys on it every day, so that's, it's in my bedroom, and um, 
Like, other than that, our homeschool workspace is just the kitchen table. And so just having, taking my boys into my room to do math with them there is just kind of escaping some of the chaos. So that's why we do it there. So I don't know. I just think sometimes, I wonder, you know, when they grow up, they'll see this assuming I still have it then. I, I don't have any plans to give it away, but you know, you don't know what life is going to throw at you. If they'll look at it and have good memories of doing school at it, or if they'll just be like, oh, like, <laughs> looking at that just like brings back so many bad memories. But, <laughs> That's where we did math. <laughs> Hopefully not. I, I'm hoping that. I'm hoping they'll be like, oh, I remember doing schoolwork there. So. Do they know that that was a special um, secretary desk passed down? I think so. I would have to ask them to make sure they actually, they know it came from my mom. I don't know if they know it came from further back mm-hmm. than that, though. I have it, to ask them and see. Is it like one of the kinds that fold down or roll up? Or yeah, I know. It folds out. Uh, so, yeah. Neat. I mean, it's kind of fun. That's special. Um, so, Casey, what is your dream day like? My dream day would be spending the day in the woods or the forest by like a creek or a lake, reading whatever I felt like reading. Mm. (laughs) I'd probably bring a stack of books so I could switch it off, you know, read like (laughs) something that's going to nourish my soul and then like a novel or something, you know, the Bible and like just switch it off what I'm reading. Um, but I have also really started to miss my kids when I'm gone from them for a long time. And I I guess that sounds bad that I didn't have that before. But anyway, I was thinking maybe half the day spend time hanging out with them in the water and like doing paddle boarding or something like that. You know, I think that would be super fun. So, and they would be good and angelic and Oh, yeah, definitely. On my dream day. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, no problems. And my husband would be there, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, half the day by myself and half the day with my family is kind of what I'm saying. But, yeah. But I want it would be definitely in the woods by a creek or a lake. That's awesome. I really love that. That's that's great. Because when, so, not that there's anything wrong with it, but other people say their dream day is, like, you know, breakfast bed or whatever, and I don't relate to that. I don't know. Mm. I'm not saying I would complain if I got served breakfast in bed, but you're a kindred spirit because I would love to be out by a creek also and read some books. <laughs> yes, we were camping together recently. And yeah. Uh, your, your son lost a shoe in the lake. Yes, he did. That was a sad day. The lake ate it. The shoe. We <laughs> looked. Did. We searched and searched. We've had a summer of losing things, actually. Oh, no. So um, I will get to that later. Well, let's get started with our flops, flips, and growths. Laura, what is your flop and flip? Well... Picking back up where we left off, yes, it's been a summer of losing things or just doing stupid things, and um, we lost that shoe in the the lake, which was a super bummer, and then my husband lost sunglasses in the lake, and then we we forgot a brand new life jacket at a lake. I guess we just need to not go to lakes oh. anymore. Not all the stupid things have been around lakes, but some of them have been, and they're just really frustrating um, when you do those things, and... So this past week I had um, a flop that was really just kind of, just another one in the list of things that happened this summer that was just like, is there something wrong with me or is this just life? This is just what happens, you know, life throws you these things and you just have to learn from them or what, I don't know. So, but anyway, what happened is a little backstory. My family has been 
just getting sick like every month and I've been trying to figure out how to help us stay healthy and so I've been doing a little bit of research on what other people have been doing and a bunch of people were recommending raw milk so have you ever had raw milk before I've tried it you've tried it okay so raw milk just means it comes straight from the cow it hasn't been pasteurized or anything and it's very expensive I bought it like probably four-ish years ago and we lived in kind of a rural area at the time so I'm guessing the price was lower and it was like ten dollars a gallon at that point so now I'm guessing it must be probably $15 a gallon. And so it just feels like for four kids, it's just not realistic to be trying to buy raw milk. But where my mom lives, there is a couple in their church who donates some of their milk to the church. And so anytime we go and visit my mom, she always has raw milk there for us to enjoy. And she lives about an hour and a half away. So I was, I was thinking, well, maybe... I could meet her halfway and she could give us a load of raw milk and you know it's a little bit of a hassle to have to drive an hour and a half for raw milk and it's a little bit of gas but considering what you could pay for raw milk and if it really has the health benefits that people are talking about then maybe it's worth it so um, my mom texted me and said she had three and a half gallons of milk for me and I was like okay this is awesome and so I drove 45 minutes to meet up with her well when I got there I realized, well, I didn't realize this. She clarified for me that she didn't mean three and a half gallons. She meant she had three half gallon jars of milk for me. So I basically drove her a gallon and a half of milk. So I was like, okay, this is just life. You know, we have miscommunications. I should have, you know, checked and clarified. This will still be nutritious for my family. So I drove back home and I opened the back of my van and there was stuff in the back of my van that I put a cooler on top of. And I thought the cooler was fine, but when I opened the back of the van, the cooler tumbled out. Oh, no. <laughs> and by some miracle, one jar survived. I have no idea how it survived. But the other two splintered all over the garage oh. floor. All that beautiful oh, no. raw milk <laughs> just, just running down the garage floor. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, like god what am, am i supposed to learn this has just been like a whole summer of stupid things oh. happening like am i supposed to learn from this is this just life is this just meant to keep me humble i don't know i don't know what it is and i haven't had the courage to try to to talk to my mom and be like can we try that again because <laughs> it just feels like it went so badly the first time around but we might give it another try and i just i don't even know what to think or make of it i just figure I guess if nothing else, it keeps me humble and maybe I need to think through my actions a little bit better. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That is so frustrating. Thank you. Uh, I do but, know somebody who does buy raw milk and oh, she they? has the name of the person. So, okay. You know, if you want to buy it. But. Yeah. Well, I should maybe be brave and check into it, but I just feel like I just know it's going to be expensive, but I could, I, it doesn't have to check into it. You can always be surprised. Mm. So, oh, I'm sorry. So but, let's go to the foot. <laughs> what is the foot? Let's, let's, okay. let's, that's, that's what we have to do. Yes. That's the point, right? We <laughs> have to go the from good. the flop to the flip. Okay. Flip. Well, you're going to think I'm really ridiculous to talk about this. And maybe this gives you an idea of how stupid my summer has been. But I'm really proud of our trash. So, <laughs> your trash? I'm really proud of our 
really proud of our trash. Okay, like we I need said, to hear a little bit more about this. Like I said, it's okay if you think I'm totally ridiculous, but I'm proud of it. Okay, this is why I'm proud of our trash. We have the smallest trash can you can get from the trash company. You know, because like you can, you can, I don't know if you rent the trash can or whatever. Like you can buy your own or you can get one from the trash company. So we have the smallest size that you can get. And we only have one. And you and can't put anything else out? No, huh? You can't put they'll anything else out. They'll only take that one trash can. That one trash can. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will take more, but they'll charge you extra for it. Okay. And our trash can is almost never filled up to the top. Sometimes it is, like if it's a holiday or if I've been cleaning out or whatever. That's impressive. So, that's impressive <laughs> in and of itself. Is that why you're happy with your trash? That's why I'm happy with okay. my trash. <laughs> because I look at our neighbors. So there's six in our family and, you know, most people have just a few, you know, two, three, four people, and they all have two trash cans. And I'm just like, does anybody else noticing that the family of six has one small trash can? <laughs> Is it filled all the way? So I just thought I'd share why our tra- we have so little trash and things that have helped us keep our trash down. One is that we recycle. And I'm not like this save the earth kind of person. I think that we should be good stu- stewards, but I'm not like... Oh, we're all, you know, whatever, getting on that whole bandwagon. But when we lived in Oregon, recycling service just came automatically with the trash service. You didn't have to order it separately. And so that really got me into recycling. And so then it, then when we moved back to Colorado, it felt kind of wrong to just throw stuff away. So I looked into recycling service and here. There's a recycling service that is just like its own independent country country (laughs) its own independent company it's not like connected to waste management or something and so we got to do a recycling um field trip with them and it was really interesting because i have been wanting to do that yes my kids were bored to death but i found it super interesting (laughs) because i learned some things like um they they try to recycle everything in the united states because one problem is that a lot of our recycling is getting sent to China. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of emissions coming out from sending recycling there. So there's waste going into trying to recycle. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to recycle just here in the States so that there's not so much waste going into the recycling. And then I also learned that glass, aluminum, paper, and cardboard can basically be recycled indefinitely. Plastic can only be recycled once or twice. So like if you're, if you might've noticed at Walmart, I don't know if they still have it, but for a while they had the vest that said this vest was made from six plastic bottles. So like those six plastic bottles can be recycled into something, but like that vest probably can't be recycled into anything else. Hmm. Like it could be maybe recycled into a tote bag or something, but it's not like glass. Glass can be constantly recycled into glass over and over again. Um, So that just kind of made me feel like, oh, my recycling by doing this particular local company is actually maybe helping the environment more than if I was recycling a different way, you know, sending my stuff off to China and spending a whole lot of gas to get it over there. So, well, and I had heard that like also the U S laws say, you know, it has to either be recycled in the U S or shipped to another country who says they're going to recycle it. But then when it gets to China, China may not recycle it. Mm. They might just bury it in a landfill anyway. So you're spending all that gas to do it there. But, um, I now don't have to go on a field trip to the recycling place because that was my one question. Oh, was, okay. Do they recycle in the U.S. or do they send it somewhere? Yeah, if you do this particular company. Which so. company? Well, you can tell me later. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to incriminate us. <laughs> okay, I know. Because, 
Well, and just in case anyone feels like we're getting political or whatever, I don't recycle. So we have yeah. people on either side. Right. I don't know. And Maybe I will. I don't know. And like I said, I'm not like this recycling guru or Nazi. I just got into the habit of it when we lived in Oregon. And yeah. a recycling can was just automatic with your trash can. And so I just got into the habit of it. And so I figured I might as well continue. Um, well, I, I can't be as proud of my trash because mine, I fill up two big trash cans and sometimes more. Oh, goodness. Like sometimes <laughs> I'm putting another bag next to the trash can. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. you know, doing the recycling, especially with the cardboard boxes, really takes yes. away a lot of space because mm-hmm. you can recycle those and, you know, cardboard boxes can take up a lot of space. And then the other thing that's helped reduce our trash load is just by composting. And I know you mm-hmm. said you're composting. And I'm, yeah, I'm not right. actually composting right now because I feed everything to my chickens. But before I had chickens, I composted mm-hmm. it. And composting can be super easy. So if anybody's feeling intimidated by composting, because I was super intimidated for, by it for a while, all you need is a patch of dirt. And you throw down, you know, your your organic matter. You can't do meat or um, cheese kind of things. But you can do pastas and, you know, veggies and fruits and things like that. And you just throw it and you know, like a dirt pile and just shovel dirt on top of it and just keep mixing it that way. So oh. that's, recycling can be that simple. So yeah. I, anyway. I also didn't know you could do pasta. Yes, you oh. can do pasta. If your pasta was mixed with like cheese or something, you probably don't want to do that. Oh, okay. But if it's just pasta by itself, hmm. then yeah. you could do that. So that's why I'm proud of my trash. And I just hope that everybody around me, even though this is not my goal, it's just totally coincidental, can see how green I am. And I don't know that anybody else cares, but I was excited well, to get to share it. If I come to your house on trash day, I'm going to notice your we, one trash can. admire my trash can. Because I have four kids too. So we have six in our family and we do a lot of trash. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so yes. how about you? You can share your flop and flip now. Okay, so my flop is... Well, let's see, about a year and a half ago, I think I was wrestling from, uh, you know, just remorse from COVID, you know, Mm. but I don't know. And I just got it in my head that I wanted bees. Well, I wanted Mm. bees or chickens. I think I mentioned this on one podcast. Mm -hmm. I wanted bees or chickens. My husband did not want chickens, so he did let me get bees. So I got bees. I, um, I got them in like the spring. So it it was a year and a half ago that I was started researching beekeeping. So, um, so it's been over a year since I've had them. And, um, I also went for the more expensive beehive because I am a lazy beekeeper. <laughs> so I got uh, a flow hive, which is one where you just supposedly just turn a key and get honey comes out. Um, anyway, so we've had the bees last summer. I spent all summer just trying to check on them, make sure they were filling the hive because I had heard that they can die over the winter if they don't have a full box full of stuff for them to survive on. So they made it through the winter. And so this summer I was like, okay, I'm really hoping to get some honey this summer. I've had this for like a year and a half. Right. Um, and so my, um, let's see in July, I, it was our anniversary, and I was all dressed up to go out for dinner Aww. with my husband, Aww. and he was coming home from work to pick me up, and I was like, oh, well, he's not quite here yet. I'll just run down and take a look at my beehive, which I do that a lot. Like, I'll go and just look at it. I don't touch it or do anything, and the bees don't, like, sting me or anything when I'm just down there looking. Um, so I looked, but I saw there were ants all over it, and so oh, no. I had heard that if you sprinkle cinnamon 
um, it can deter the ants from like on the ground. If you sprinkle cinnamon on the ground, it can deter the ants from going up on the beehive. So I thought, well, I'll just run upstairs, run up to the house, grab some cinnamon, go back and sprinkle it on. Not really thinking through that I should put like my bee suit on. Oh no. And so I went down and sprinkled the cinnamon while the bees did not like the cinnamon. Oh no. And so we live in kind of a deserty area. So I took off running and I was like throwing things. I was in flip flops, (laughs) nice, nice flip flops for dinner. But, um, and I had heard that if you get stung in the eye, it can blind you. So I was covering my eyes. Oh my gosh. And I was running through like the scrub stuff in our, in our thing and there were bees in my hair and I had styled my hair. I was ripping like my hair ties <gasps> out trying to get the bees out of my hair while I'm running with my eyes closed. I'm tripping, <laughs> oh, no. tripping over cactus. <laughs> I um, come around the corner towards the driveway and my son is out there and I would screamed at him like, get inside, get inside. <laughs> so he runs inside, probably notifies the other kids that something's happening outside with mom. I run around to the front door. I finally don't hear buzzing in my ears. And so I start banging on the front door and I realize it's unlocked. So I open the door and go inside and I sit down on the front mat and just start bawling. And I, I just, I was bawling because I had gotten stung twice, only twice, which I was surprised about. I felt like there were like a million bees on me, but I only got stung twice but one was on like my scalp, which was weird, and one was on my neck. And but I was bleeding on my legs, and my legs were covered with cactus. Like oh I was bleeding on my foot from cactus, and I had cactus all over my like lower legs. Um, and I was also crying because I was just there was no honey in Aww. my hive, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is such a big." flop like I have had these bees there was no like it's like they don't like the flow hive which I vaguely remember hearing from someone that they don't want to make the honey in there and obviously after that incident I've been really scared to go back down to the hive and look at it so I just I I you know my my husband came like five minutes after that to pick me up and I get in the car with duct tape to get the cactus out an ice pack that I'm holding on the bee stings and he's like what happened and you know I told him and I'm just like I feel like such a failure I feel like such a flop because not only you know is it not working I'm getting stung and I mean I haven't been stung a ton but that was my own stupidity I guess for doing the cinnamon under but yeah, that was I, and I haven't gone back to check. Oh, I should man. probably go check. Yeah, um, we joked that the beehive is actually on my neighbor's property. He has an orchard, so he said, "Oh yeah, I would love for you to leave, put your beehive there." Mm. And um, he's the nicest guy. He's retired and he doesn't have kids around, so we thought that would be a good. So we've been joking that he just is going down there and stealing all the. <laughs> I don't think he is. He's the <laughs> nicest guy. He would never do that. But it's become a joke in our family. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, anyway. So, yeah. you think that the, the bees didn't like the cinnamon, or they just didn't like you that close to them? I think they, they knew this. They could probably smell or sense the cinnamon and, and, that, and felt like they were being attacked, which they were probably, now that I think about it, on edge because of the ants. Because bees are really good about, like, getting invaders that are trying to steal their honey out. Like, they're pretty, oh. they're pretty aggressive. And I have heard that 
in the um, fall, which it was July, so it wasn't technically fall, they get more aggressive because they start oh. to become more protective of their honey. Oh, wow. Um, uh, so anyway, I, I think it was the cinnamon that, you know, they smelled it or sensed it or yeah. something and they got mad. Oh, gosh, Casey. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's quite the story. Yeah. And, that's probably when you're glad that you've been married for a few years. Yes. And I think it has helped our garden. I actually feel like the last two years since we've had the bees, I don't, I mean, it's kind of silly to be like, is that really affecting it? But I think they are pollinating it better. And so, um, so I guess that's a good thing. My husband was really gracious and was like, no, I think it's great. I think it's great we have bees. I'm like, Aww. even though they're not giving us any honey, we're still buying honey. <laughs> what a good husband. <laughs> he is. He's wonderful. He's great. Mm. Very supportive. And he lets me try these things. So Yeah. Well, how about your flip? Okay, my flip. Um, a couple episodes ago, or I think I mentioned it or was thinking about it, wanting wanting to get my kids to read their Bibles on their own. We usually have a Bible, like we read the Bible together at breakfast, but I had been wanting for them to read their Bibles on their own. And so um, I decided this year as we started off our school year, we were going to start a half hour, set aside a half hour from like 7.30 to 8.00. So, so usually the kids wake up at 7 and I just rush to get breakfast going and then we sit down and have breakfast. But I decided I would not rush to start breakfast. We would do 7.30 to 8 if they wanted to grab cereal because they're hung- hungry or a granola bar or a bagel or something just simple. They're welcome to do that. And we would all sit and read our Bibles. And so um, I am getting a half hour of Bible reading and some of them are. I will not say that they are all, <laughs> but most days, the majority do. I have um, one who's chose to read in Genesis, one who's choosing to read Revelation. Oh so my goodness! And end of the Bible, <laughs> and one who's reading the Action Bible, which is like cartoons. Mm. Which I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And then one who I'm not really sure where they're reading. Yeah. But hey, I, three out of four is good. There you so go. I feel and they'll sit there for thirty minutes and read. No, not the full thirty okay. minutes. But you know, we just just the idea that we're setting up aside this time, and if they don't all do it, I'm not forcing them yeah. but I'm like hey I'm gonna read my bible why don't you grab yours and read yeah. yours um and then I think in our last podcast I mentioned that we have a a new little weekly chart mm-hmm. and on that I put a space for them to write what they're reading in their bible okay and so that's how I know that one's reading genesis and one's yeah. reading revelation and so because they've been writing that down and so I, I'm just hoping that it that it starts habit forming yeah in their lives that that's not necessarily school that's that's just something they should be doing every day or and we should be investing in our you know knowing who god was is and the only way we can do that is reading the bible or that's one way we can know god yeah is reading the bible so another cool thing about it was um when we are reading at the breakfast table, we're right now we're reading in First Peter, and they are making connections to what they're reading. So a c- couple times mm. they've said, "Oh, well, that, that they say that this in Revelation, or you know," and so they're they're connecting the different themes and things that they're reading in their own time. Oh, that's cool. Which is neat. Yeah, yeah. I know when we talked about it before, I was kind of 
saying how I felt like I just needed to let my boys choose to do that on their own in their own time. And we do Awana, so they're kind of getting into the word by doing Awana, which is required of them. Um, So maybe I am requiring it. I'm just not, like, requiring them to get up in the morning and read their Bible. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, you know, you shared how you remember seeing your mom do her devotions. You come down the stairs and see her. And that was the same for me. I'd come down the stairs and see my mom doing her devotions. And I realized that my boys, I don't think they ever see me doing my devotions because usually I do it in the morning before they're up. Or if they're up, I just skip it because we're, like, bouncing into the day already. Mm -hmm. And so I've been kind of having this tug-of-war in my mind, like, okay, I don't want to be showing off that, oh, hey, look at me, I'm reading the Bible. But at the same time, they're not getting the opportunity to see me doing it. And I that was, you know, that was powerful for me to see my mom doing it growing up. And so just trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this? How do I, is there a way that I can have them see me do it organically without it being like, I'm trying to be really obvious about demonstrating, look at me, I'm reading the Bible. <laughs> so I wonder if I could work that in somehow, like when, if we had a set time where they're doing their Awana and when they're doing their Awana, I could do my Bible reading mm-hmm. also or something like that. And maybe that would be more organic. Yeah. And, and it la- doesn't have to be every day, you know, because it could just be a couple times a week too that I try to make that happen. So mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And you know what, like I think we said, we've said before, like what works for one family may not work for another family. Right. Like you have real younger kids than yeah. I do. And so mine are, all sort of reading mostly mostly yeah. reading so like yeah. but you don't ha- you know you have some that are really little so right. that may not work now right for you but it doesn't hurt to experiment and yeah try and try it check it out and yeah. just not have any guilt if it doesn't work yeah exactly cool that's great so we'll move on to our growth yeah do you want to share how you are okay. growing yeah, so um, my growth is a few weeks ago, my kids and I were visiting my mom, and I just realized I was just feeling really, really tired. And I really hate feeling tired. Not like it's the end of the day, I'm tired, I want to go to bed, that's fine. But tired, like I don't feel like doing anything. For me, that's like one of the worst feelings I can have. And um, I just, I just keep pushing and keep pushing because I don't want to... I don't want to succumb to those feelings of I'm so tired. I don't want to do anything because that just feels like a really terrible place for me to be at. And But then I'm just getting more and more tired. And so when we were at my mom's house, I just realized I am just really, really tired and I need to stop pushing so hard. And I don't feel like our summer has necessarily been that busy. Like There's been some emotional things going on, but it's not like anything's like a huge deal. But, you know, we have a we have life, life is happening. And so I'm not really sure why I feel so tired if maybe I was pushing that hard or it was just some of those things that were happening in our life where it's a bigger deal. Regardless, whatever it was, I was tired. And I think, and something that I've learned in the past and kind of forgotten and needed to be reminded of is that that I don't have to, to justify being tired. Like if my body's telling me I'm tired, then I'm tired. You know, I, I, saying to myself, well, I'm not as busy as so-and-so. 
I shouldn't be tired. That doesn't help me any. That doesn't make my body suddenly be like, oh, okay, yeah, I have energy now. Like, I have to listen to my body, and if it's telling me I'm, it's tired, then I need to listen to that and not just compare myself and say, I don't have an excuse for being tired. You know, i got to listen to my body. And um, so, anyway, after I had this realization, the next day I was actually happened to be listening to a podcast that um, by a pastor named John Mark Comer, and he used to be a pastor of a church in Portland, Oregon called Bridgetown Church. And he since stepped away from that church to start his own ministry. But his sermons from um, when he was there are being republished under his own podcast. So if you want to listen to it, his podcast is um, the John Mark Comer Teachings. So um, uh, t- uh, one of his teachings on Sabbath came up, which my husband and I had listened to a few years ago. And it just happened to be coming back around again. And so I was listening to it, and I was just reminded about some important things about rest. And um, so, and so whatever I say now, from now on, is basically just I'm stealing it all from his podcast. This is not like something I've thought of on my own. So I'm not totally plagiarizing because I'm giving credit. But anyway, I just don't want you to think that oh, she's so smart because I'm not. But anyway, some of the things he was just... You are smart. Oh, oh thank you. I just, <laughs> just want to throw that in there. So. Well, I appreciate that. Not, not Regardless this, of whatever you're about to say. <laughs> not in this regard. I get it from somebody else. So <laughs> and some of the things he was saying is just that there's no end to wanting. And I know for me, I'm always wanting to do more things because I'm a type 7 on the Enneagram. And I know the Enneagram is a little bit controversial. And so I don't want to get into any of that controversy. But recognizing that I'm a type 7 is helpful for me to realize that I have can have some serious FOMO and that's part of the reason I just want to keep pushing to do more and more because missing out just feels like such a big deal but the more that I do the more that I want to do there's not like a point where I where my mind or body is like okay I'm I'm filled up I there's no more wanting like there's you know it doesn't matter how many beautiful hikes we go on I'm still going to want to go on more hikes because there's still more hikes out there that I'm missing and so the more I do, the more I want, and the more I want, the more I do, and then I'm just really, really tired. And when we're tired, that can lead to sin. And it can lead to all kinds of sins, but the sin I'm just focusing on right now is just of being angry and frustrated and irritable from just being tired. And uh, Jesus is not glorified by stressed out, overwhelmed, or irritable irritable people that, you know, there's, if you've been around somebody who's stressed out and yelling and everything, you're not like, oh, I want to be like that person. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody's kind and peaceful and patient, then you're like, oh, I want what that person has. But we cannot be, you know, that peaceful presence without rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so without rest, we cannot be the people that Jesus is calling us to be. And so when I am rested, I am better able to handle the chaos of daily living, of raising kids and just dealing with everything that life throws at you. and But the flip side is that being well-rested also means that you're doing less. And that can be hard to say no to doing things. But uh, when you're rested and able to better deal with, you know, the tantrums and the kids fighting and complaining, not that I'm by any means perfect just because I got a good night's sleep, but I'm better able to deal and cope with it and that's refreshing to not just be like this angry monster stomping around. So anyway, I'm trying to be more mindful about slowing down and just 
not filling every minute with stuff to do and just remembering that it's important to be rested and to not just and that even if I tried to do everything that I want to do there's no end to all the things Mm -hmm. it's just my list it will just keep growing so yeah saying saying learning to say no or even know when it's something you want to do but you just don't have the time mm-hmm. is really hard it is mm-hmm. yeah because there's and there's so many good things to do and it can be hard to can be really hard to say no to good things yeah but when you say no and you're rewarded with being a little bit of a saner person that that feels good I yeah. think yeah being sane is good yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say well that about wraps it up guys because I'm tired and I need to go sleep <laughs> well you can you can you are justified in that no, no, we're not quite. But I do want to hear your growth. But yeah, so. no, no, but that was really good. That's a good yes. reminder. I'll have to check out that podcast. Yes, I recommend it. So yeah, but yeah. How about you? Um. So actually, mine kind of kind of is similar in that I just feel like God is teaching me to let go of things. Um. In so for example, letting go of like not getting through the whole curriculum or the whole lesson, letting go, if the house isn't perfect, um, letting go of control of my kids and, and letting them make mistakes, um, you know, giving them some freedom to try something new. Um, uh, we had a door break that the handle like totally broke and, uh, like you couldn't go out the door. Oh no. (laughs) Um, and so my husband was at work, and so I started taking apart the handle and trying to take it off. And I, anyway, my two older boys came and they started helping me. And eventually, we went to Home Depot. We bought a new handle, and they put it on. Wow! <laughs> and I just awesome. let them do it. And I was like, "Yeah, you just do it. You figure it out. You're you're gonna do great." And and they will make mistakes, but I think that they need that too. They're well, they're twelve and eleven, so they're getting to that age where. They need to start, you know, doing, trying some things and, mm-hmm. and trying it. And if they make a mistake, oh, well. But so, like, just letting go of different things. Letting go of, um, you know, tr- I'm, I'm trying to, you know, keep the house nice for, um, I try to pick up right before my husband comes home. But, you know, it doesn't happen every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just, you know, sometimes the laundry is going to last three or four days mm-hmm. <laughs> until I get it done. Um, you know, so anyway... I think there's just a lot of areas where I, I think, I think in the same way as you're talking about rest, I think our life will be feel simpler and calmer if, if there's things I can just let go of. Or Mm -hmm. also like I have a whole list of things I want to do each day with the kids and we're, we very rarely get through all of them. And so I figure, well, you know what, if we hit most of them and then the next day we'll hit the ones we didn't hit and you know, that kind of thing. Um, or hit the most important ones and, you know, we'll, we'll get to the other ones, um, later. And so anyway, I think that's just how God's been teaching me a little bit. I've got a lot on my plate Mm. and so there's just things that I have to let go of. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes. So do you have any tips in letting go of those things? Cause that's definitely something I, I struggle with my house. Like letting go. Okay, it's okay to have that clutter pile there. It's okay. Like I don't have to worry about it right now. I have a really hard time letting go. Uh, any tips? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's such a mental thing. Yeah, I I feel like I could think of lots of tips of how to like try to 
pick them up. Yeah. Pick up the files. <laughs> so like, pick up the files on your way up the stairs or something like yeah. that. But, um, uh, but in terms of letting go, I feel like it's, it's really just a mental thing. It's like, mm-hmm. a, okay, I'm just going to let this go. Um, actually, a friend and I were just talking, too, about letting go of anxiousness um, when we're anxious about something or letting go of fear and just, like, saying, okay, God, this is for you. That's probably sort mm-hmm. of a different turn. <laughs> no, but anyway, but anyway, I think it's just all about our, our heart and our mindset, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think you're, you're right that sometimes you just have to do it. You just have to take that step to say, I'm going to let go of that pile, mm-hmm. you know, and then try to not fixate on it. It's not like there's a magic cure. Like you just have to take that step and yeah, hopefully next time it'll be a little bit easier and easier. But I know for me, I definitely need to let go of control with one of my boys because he, he, he is just has to learn some consequences the hard time. It's a hard time. I can't talk anymore. <laughs> Learn consequences the hard way sometimes. And I really try to shield that from happening without even realizing I'm doing mm-hmm. that. And so I need to be more mindful about letting go of that control. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Yeah, I think I tend to tell them how to do something or the way they should do it. And at some point, they're going to have to make those decisions themselves. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, there's certain things you want to speak into their lives, but right. others, maybe it's better that they figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well, as we, as we close, I just want to remind our listeners that if you are enjoying the show, please um, consider rating it or leaving a review. And if you have things that you think we could improve on, please email us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed listening to this, please consider sharing our show with your friends. We don't have a Facebook group or Instagram following. We aren't writing a book or speaking anywhere. So the only way for our podcast to spread is by word of mouth. And as always, if you are an ordinary mom and you would like to share your flop, flip, and growth with other ordinary moms, please email us at momswithoutresumes at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are really and truly blessed that you took time to listen to us today. Don't go away yet. Up next, we have a life lesson from the School of Hard Knocks. If you have a ninja line stored in your garage, make sure it doesn't get mixed in with the giveaway pile. Because when you go to set up the ninja line, it won't be there. You'll realize you probably gave it away. <laughs>